Hello and welcome to Zealous Talks. Today we're talking about passion, our last core value. Pastor Ninad is speaking in the first part of his talk title, I am zealous. We've been doing our core value series. On an honest note, how many of you have really been enjoying that? Right? Okay. Thank you for being honest. The rest of you, meet us after church. Or subscribe to our podcast on Zealous Talks on Spotify and Apple. Go through it again. If you don't like it, then maybe we need to talk on 29th over some food. But, you know, it's been an amazing journey for me just to sit, sit over there and just hear these guys speak and just, just allow myself to be enriched as well, you know. Uh, it's, it's one thing for us to say that we have core values that we put up on, on, this, on our flex and we put it up on our website and we'd love to talk about it through everything that we do. But it's a whole other thing to, to live out the core values. Anybody taking up the challenge of living out the core values? All right, come on, that's good, guys, that's good. You know, that's the very, very reason and very purpose why we started this series because we felt it's such a timely need. And today we are going to be wrapping up, uh, for the next two weeks, we're going to be wrapping up a core value series. And we're talking about passion. passion. All right, okay, that's good. We're talking about passion, and I thought, I just want to get straight into what we're talking about. So I've titled my talk for this evening, I Am Zealous. Anybody zealous in this house? Two people got excited. Turn to your person and say, if you really mean it, I am zealous. Some of you... It's okay if you didn't say it. That's okay. Thank you, Steve. You're my one and only supporter who always sits up in the front and cheers me on. You know, but I want to talk to all of us for the next few minutes on this, you know. And uh, the way I'm going to do it is, is a bit different from the way I have been sharing with you guys for the last few months. Uh, I want to talk to you about three signs of a passionate lifestyle. You know, I'm sure you've heard this thing, this statement called, follow your passion. Has anybody heard that? Right? Follow your heart, follow your passion, follow your dreams, and things like that. And I don't know, the, the statements just kind of keep on adding up and things like that. But for the next two weeks, I want to set this up in such a way that we're going to, be dive, we're going to look in from the Bible, what the Bible has to talk about passion. And, and I thought there's so many people who, who, whose references we can take. There's so many stories that are there from the Bible that we can study and look upon. But I think this is the guy who I'm going to talk about. This is one of my personal role models from the Bible. He is, and the reason I like him because he is raw. He is very brutally honest at times. He, he's so trustworthy. He's obedient and he's wise. Nowadays... It's a challenge to package all of that in one person, right? All the single girls, they would know that. <laughs> Yet, the guy we are going to be talking about is one of the most versatile, gifted leaders the Bible ever talks about. I don't know if you guys are getting somewhere. Uh, and if, if there's two things that stand up, that stand out from his life would be two similar words, his zeal and his passion. For the next two weeks, I want to talk to you from the life of David. 
All right? Is that okay? But before that, I just thought I'll throw in a question and just ask you, where does your passion lie? Or what does your passion lie in? Anybody's ever asked yourself this question? How many of you have asked yourself this honest question? Where does my passion, what am I passionate about? Let me simplify it. What am I really passionate about? If you have not asked yourself this question, maybe in the next two weeks, I pray that, that these two sessions, that these two talks would really help you or provoke you to ask this simple question. What am I passionate about? You know, we, we started on this journey one year back calling ourselves zealous. And, and we, we set out on the journey saying that we want to be a Christ-centered community that, that loves people, that loves God, and does everything possible to, to reach out to the guys who are the furthest away and bring them back. And, and I remember, you know, uh, Shreyas and me were having this conversation once, and, and he was telling me, hey, you know what, Nanad, you should just once tell us about how this thought actually came in your mind. And I'm going, to, I'm going to share with you a little bit of, God, of what God deposited into my heart as to why we even tagged ourselves zealous. Out of all the names we could, we could think of, of all the names that we could come up with, why zealous? And I want to break this up over, next, over the next two weeks. So today I want to talk to you about three signs of a passionate lifestyle. Can everybody say three signs? Three signs. Oh, come on guys. Three signs. Three signs of a passionate lifestyle. And we're looking at the life of David. Now, David, this guy is an interesting character. If you have ever read about him, he's not found in the New Testament. We have to go back into the times where it was a time of, you know, killing and blood and sacrifice and things like that in the Old Testament. That's where you get to read about David. And, and, and what's What's crazy is this guy has, has taken upon himself so many responsibilities in different stages of life. Now, if you grew up reading or studying about this guy, you would know that David was a shepherd, right? David was a warrior, right? No? Okay. Come on, guys. I want you to talk back to me. Is that okay? He was a shepherd. He was a warrior. He was a musician. The worship team, guys, I, I have got some... Some really exciting things to point out this evening about David's lifestyle as a musician. He was a musician. And we all know this. He was a king. And, and it's crazy when you see this lifestyle of David from so many things that this fellow has gone through. There's one thing that stands out in every single journey of his life is his passion for God. His passion for God. This Probably only the only guy in the Bible where God says, this guy is a man after my own heart. I wonder if God would say that about you and me. But God says that about David. You know, every part of his journey, he was just so committed and so passionate about everything that he took up. Whether it was tending the sheep, whether it was, you know, playing the, 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 the harp whether it was slaying giants, whether it was leading his people, he was really passionate about it. You know, most if, if you've ever heard about David for the first time, or, or if you've heard about David at all, the, one of the common things you would have heard is the famous story of 
Right, right. David and Goliath. I mean, that's, that's like, we, we love saying that that's the story of the underdogs and how, how you know, someone who's, who's so weak can like still conquer if you have a dream and things like And I love how all these corporate guys nowadays are like sneaking it in into their story, you know. Like Goliath has become like a, like a corporate term now. I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not making this up. And, and it's crazy that this story that we hear about, most of the time we know David as a giant slayer. But I want you to step a few years or months or I don't know how, many, how much time in, back and understand that before David was a giant slayer, he was a keeper of the sheep. Right? David was a keeper of the sheep. And in keeping the sheep, he was still passionate. Like you say, okay, Nina, how do you how do you know that? I know that because when the lion and the bear came to attack the sheep, this guy didn't chase them away. He did what? You forgot the story. He killed the lion and the bear. Now, now, okay. First of all, it's freaky. How the heck do you kill a lion? How do you kill a bear? In, in the most natural circumstances, you would think of chasing them away. Or oh, forget that. In the most natural circumstances, you would run away. But that's, that's not the David that you're seeing over here. This guy, he is, put, he is killing the lion. He's killing the bear. Why? Because these, he wants to protect the sheep. That's how we know this guy is a passionate fellow. Anything that rises against him or against everything that he's put his hands or his heart or his mind into, he wants to kill it. That's how passionate this guy was at his young age. And then we all know the classic story of how he slayed Goliath, not by a fancy armor, not by a fancy weapons, but by what? A sling. And a stone. And, and, and sometimes, I don't know about you, but I have, I have to admit it. I have questioned God. God, are you serious? Like the entire Israel army is scared when Goliath enters the battlefield. Now these guys are skilled soldiers. They are not like some, just some guys who on a weekend pick up a sword and a, and a shield and go out for battle. These guys are trained soldiers that we're talking about. And these guys are the ones who are scared of facing Goliath. But here comes this guy with a lunchbox to give to his brothers. And he tells them, who the heck is this guy to defy the, God, the living God? And all it takes for him is the sling and the stone to slay the giant. And I, it got me thinking, maybe could it be possible... That because David, he took everything, he was so committed to everything, he, he took everything so seriously and he was so passionate about it that when he saw the giant, he, had already, he was already in a place where he was ready to slay it because he had already slayed a lion and a bear. He just didn't step into the battlefield, okay, thinking, you know what, I'm just going to slay this guy without any past experience. But I want... The, the point that I'm trying to make is, I wonder what are the small responsibilities that you and me are handling today? What are the things that God is bringing in your life and my life in a day-to-day -day basis right now 
that maybe look like you attending to the sheep could look like a very menial thing. That's what I'm trying to say. But are you being passionate in those small things and those small tasks that are coming to you today? Because, right, we, we have been taught this thing, dream the big dreams. Right? We, we hear it. We love it. We love those statements. But it starts somewhere small. For David, before he reached the position where he became king, it started with him tending the sheep. What's your start look like? What is your start looking like? Because I want to tell you, your passionate todays are helping you craft your fruitful tomorrows. Are you and me passionate in what we have been assigned today? Not what we will be assigned, but what we are assigned today. Because your passionate todays are crafting your fruitful tomorrows. We all sometimes love to live in the future a bit, right? I don't know about you, at least I love to live in the future. We all, we all are talking about, okay, how can we, we, how can we grow? How can we become better? How can we become better versions of ourselves and things like that? And we always love thinking about what's coming ahead. But I want us to think for a minute, are we passionate in the things that you and me have been handed with today? David was passionate. As a shepherd guy, he was, he was committed. As someone who was, who was one of the youngest guys, by the way, interesting fact, I don't know if you know this, David was not even qualified to be in the army. They say that only guys above 20 years were allowed to be a part of the, of the Israel forces at that time when they, when they went out for war. This guy, it says, uh, we don't know his exact age, but it says that he was somewhere between 16 to 19 when he slayed Goliath. Which makes me wonder, how old must he have been when he slayed the lion and the bear? Whew. 12 or 13 maybe? 12 or 15? How old are you, Steve? Huh? 15? Have you slayed a lion? Or a bear? To do this week. Find a bear. <laughs> but think, think with me, okay? The reason I'm trying to kind of... See, because most of the times, we just, you know, just rush through these parts of the scripture. Because we, wanna, we all are excited to read about how David slays Goliath, right? That's, that's the thing that we want to really focus on. But things like these things, it, it really makes so much sense. Because if you're talking about passion today, passion does not find a place in your life and start building up by itself. You need to make those intentional action steps to build on your passion. I thought I would get a yes or maybe or a no. Passion is not going to build in your life just like that, guys. Like, somebody made this, this heartbreaking com this comment to me about three years back, three or four years back. Said, Ninad, you're not a designer. And I'm telling you, if I was not a Christian, <laughs> I would have ended up saying things that, you know, we all don't like saying. And, and that 
that statement broke me. It was just a few words. Any design students in the house? Right? How do you feel if somebody tells you you're not a designer? And you've paid up all your fees for four years or three years studying design. Now, not that I, I paid up all my fees for design course, but I'm just trying to put you and make this. But when I heard that for the first time, I was, I was like, I, I could not focus the entire day in anything that I was doing. And today, you know, it's like, I just, I'm just so surprised by the way, the kind of feedback that we have been receiving on the overall things, on the creative, uh, you know, expression of how we are expressing ourselves as a community. And it just, it just made me wonder if I would have stopped at that feedback, pressing on and learning how to design, pressing on and, and kind of exploring new, fresh ways how to really make the most out of what we have in our hands. I don't think this would have been made possible today. You know, I'm not, please, this is not about, you know, just, just about some design story, but I'm trying to make a point over here. Are you being passionate about the things that are there in your hand, church? Or are you just waiting for the next big thing to come into your hand? Because I'm telling you, David didn't wait for a Goliath to enter his territory. He went to the Goliath. But David was faithful in tending the sheep. He was faithful in tending the sheep. You know, I remember this, this next verse that we're going to put up. Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. Some of you know this. It says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the broken-hearted, proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison doors to those who are bound and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. Some of you guys might know this. This was the first ever word of encouragement that was given to me. Now, I was, I was a kid and I would have probably, you know, heard it and, and got excited about it. At that time, I didn't know what it meant also. But I, I just waited to for a time that for, for these words to come to pass in my life, you know, because when, you, when somebody tells you, hey, this is the word of God, take it seriously, this is going to come true in your life, and you're like, I don't know how. Has anybody been there in that place? But here's what I did. I had the same question. I don't know how this is going to be made possible, but I knew what I had to do. I started taking those baby steps in making sure that, hey, if I have been saved because of the, of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and if I have a responsibility to make Jesus known to every single person that comes into my, my, uh, my, my surroundings, I can try and bring the reality of the good news of Christ into their life. I'm not saying I'm going to succeed every time. But it was a change in the mindset that I made. And I started taking those baby steps. I remember the first time I ever shared my testimony, it, I, f I failed so miserably. I could not even frame the proper sentences. I could not frame like, you know. But I knew I had to do something to kind of, you know, go out there and share about what Jesus has done in my life. Are we going to wait for things to always be in a perfect place before you start? 
or can we really commit and be passionate about the message that we have received in Christ? About the life that you and me have received in Christ because that's what David did, you know. He took those small steps because here's the thing. For many times, right, we... we we think that David's life is all about passion. You see, always this guy who's excited to do some crazy things. But David's life is more than that. David's life is more than that. What, what really set David apart was his willingness. Can everybody say willingness? What really set David apart is his obedience to God. Can everybody say obedience? It was David's willingness and obedience to God and his presence that distinguished him from the rest. What separates you and me in a crowd? I wonder how many obedient people are here today that are willing to take God's word as it is in their lives. Because I'm sure God has been speaking to you. Not, not just, I'm not just talking about Sunday, okay? I'm not just talking about these few minutes. I'm talking about every single day you have been feeling those nudges. You have been feeling those God impressions. I wonder if you're really taking those steps that you can take to be obedient to God's word. That's something that set David apart from the rest. I'll tell you why. See, David prioritized God's presence. David prioritized God's presence. Not only that, David acknowledged God's commands. And he obeyed God's ways. Prioritize, acknowledge, and obedience. These were his three highlights. But I want to tell you, the first, the first sign of a passionate lifestyle is a person of a passionate lifestyle has his priorities set up. Where do your priorities lie, church? Where do your priorities lie? I remember, if you, if you go back and read Psalm 63, go back and read it, you know. You'll be surprised how poetic that, that particular psalm is. We've not got it up on the screen, but I really want to encourage you, when you get time, write, if you're taking notes, write this down. Psalm 63 Go back and read it. And, and it talks about David, you know, how, how, how crazy he is about God's presence. In fact, just so that I know it's not up there on the screen, but I just want to read it for you guys. And we just read a couple of verses. It says, God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live and I will lift my hands up in your name. The reason I highlighted this psalm and I'm talking about priorities. This is... A psalm that is written by David when he was on the run for his life. Long story short, David gets anointed as a king of Israel. He, things are going well. You know, people are, people are like, 
just coming up and, and following everything. They're happy. The kingdom of Israel is happy. But then comes one of his own son who leads a rebellion against David and is trying to chase him out. And while David is on the run for his life, in a wilderness, David writes this psalm. What's your response when somebody is chasing your life? Okay, let me give you a simple example. What's your response when the boss is loading you with extra work every single day? We're talking about a man's life over here, okay? David, of all the things that he can react, of all the things he can say, when his back is against the wall, David is saying, early will I seek you. Zealous, how many people of us can say that? Early God, in the morning, I will seek you. I lift up my hands to your name. David is saying that. That, that tells you and me that this, this man's priorities were, were set up and were in the right place. See, we can talk about being passionate. We can talk about, you know, being intentional and things like that. But, but if we don't learn how to prioritize our time, if we don't learn how to prioritize our responsibilities, if we don't learn how to prioritize our commitments, I really don't think we are passionate. Because here's what I learned in, in the last one year of, of, of kind of doing the journey of zealous. I'm learning and I've learned that passion and discipline go hand in hand. You can't just say, I'm passionate about things and, and have no discipline in your life. They can't go ahead of each other. They need, they, they work hand in hand with each other. And, and show me a person of passion and I'll tell you that that person has discipline. Show me a person who is disciplined always. And I can also tell you that person is passionate and, 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 and being disciplined as well. David was that guy. I'll tell you why. Let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 13. This is one of the first things that David does when he is anointed the king of Israel. He's been, he's been ru ruling over Hebron for, for a few years. And then he takes over, the people of Israel come and say that, hey, we want you as our king. And when he takes, when he becomes the king of Israel, that means he's got power. Right? And we all know that power can get into your head. Is that true? We all, we all have possibly read stories. We have heard about things. And this guy, this, I, that's why I love talking about David. I don't think... You know, there are so many moments that we, he always proves that this guy is a man of passion and a man of discipline. But he's not perfect. I wonder if you have journeyed in your life to be passionate and have made mistakes. If you have ever been feeling guilty about that, this, this particular part, this particular segment is for you. This is what happens. The first, first Chronicles, he says, he's talking to the leaders of Israel. He's, he tells them, let us bring the ark of our God back to us, for we did not inquire of it during the reign of Saul. The whole assembly agreed to do this because it seemed 
right to all the people. The Ark of the Covenant was one of the most significant things in the life of the people of Israel because the Ark of the Covenant carried the presence of God. And one of the first things he does as a king, he deems it fit to bring back the presence of God into Jerusalem, into the place where he is ruling and reigning. What are the choices that you and me make when we've got power in our hands? What are the choices that you and me make when things are working good for us? What do our priorities look like when things are smooth? For David, it mattered because David was passionate about God's presence. And he wanted to do everything in his capacity to make sure that God's presence is, is the focus of the lives of the people of Israel. Are you guys with me? I'm, I'm trying to get somewhere with this. We go, David was a man of passion and discipline. But this time, it seems he let his passion overtake the discipline that God had set. Now, if you read this chapter, a couple of crazy things happen. That somebody dies in a, in a few verses from now. And David is angry about the very thing that he's excited about doing when this chapter starts. He's angry at God because God strikes someone down because someone touches the Ark of the Covenant. Now stay with me. I know these things may be, may be new terms for you, some of you guys, but stick around with me. The Ark of the Covenant, there's a particular way that God had prescribed as to how some people can really carry the Ark of the Covenant. It was, it was very precious to the people of Israel. And there's a, there's a tribe called the tribe of the Levites who were assigned by God through Moses to take and carry the Ark of the Covenant. And because David just drops the ball and allows his passion to overtake discipline, there's a setback that David encounters during this time. I mean, I wonder what would have happened because this time David is, if you read this text, it says that David spoke to the entire congregation and made a bold announcement. Hey, we are going to bring back the Ark of the Covenant. And it's like he fell flat on his face when things didn't go as planned. Anybody's had failures because you've been passionate? You're not alone, guys. You're not alone. If you have experienced failures because you have, you have allowed yourself to be super passionate and less disciplined, you've got David on your side. But then, things don't end over there. God has to explain, or rather David understands that it's, the, it's God's particular way of doing things that need to be acknowledged. Maybe God is trying to tell you tonight, hey, I know you have a passionate heart. I want to really talk to you about your discipline side of it. Because though God really admires our passion, what He's really seeking in and through your life is your obedience. Can everybody say obedience? He is going after you to see how obedient we can be to His Word and to the things that He's impressing on your heart. And that's when things take a turnaround, when David understands 
that there's a particular way of carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And it's appointed to a tribe called Levites. I thank God our worship team is not living in the Old Testament or all of us are not living in the Old Testament. Can you imagine things go wrong? Neville dead. Are you happy you guys are not living in those times? Neville, I could only pick on you. I can't pick on anyone else. It's so, I mean, think about it, guys. Today, you and me have the privilege of worshiping Jesus with the freedom. But it's not, it was not in this manner for the guys who lived in the times of the Old Testament. It's a privilege and it's an honor that you and me get to carry the presence of God. It's not supposed to be dealt with lightly. It's a privilege and an honor that a bunch of skilled musicians can lead us into a time of worship. But it's not just music. It's not just a set of songs that we are singing over here. This is life-changing stuff that we are talking about. David knew that. David knew the profound impact of worship and music. Both are separate things. He knew the profound impact when he played the harp, the demons flee. And that's why because he knew that, he knew the power of worship, because he knew the power of music, he made sure that he didn't want to be the solo hero in everything that he did. Because he knew that he was so skilled in, in kind of ra uh, raiding lands of enemies and enemy territory and slaying all his enemies, he didn't take the glory to himself. The next sign, the second sign of a person who's passionate is discipline. And the last thing I want to talk to you about is a contagious attitude. A passionate person has a contagious attitude. A passionate person has a a contagious attitude. And that's what I was telling you about, right? David, if you read, he appointed musicians for the worship of the Lord. Not just any Tom, Dick and Harry. Skilled musicians. Because he knew that's how serious the presence of, the, or presence of God was. When it comes to worship, when it comes to music, David understood that importance. He he spoke about excellence in music. He spoke about training people. He spoke about making sure that it's not only him who is equipping and training himself. He always explored and brought in new people and gave them roles, gave them responsibilities and told them, hey, your responsibility is to just worship God. Don't focus on anything else. Don't focus on anything else. Because he knew the profound impact of worship. He raised and committed skilled musicians. Hold on, there's more to that. We all knew that David participated in wars. And we all know that David was the one who slayed Goliath. But if you go back and if you really love this part of, of the Bible, you would also know that there was not only one giant called Goliath. There were many giants that the Philistines had in their army. You know the incredible thing about David? 
he didn't carry the tag. He was not the only one who carried the tag of a giant slayer. He raised up giant slayers. He raised up giant slayers. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 21. And we'll read these two verses. Then Ishbi Benob, who was one of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, who was bearing a new sword, thought he could kill David. But Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, came to his aid and struck this Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swore to him, you shall go out no more with us to battle, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. And if you go back and read verse 22. These four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hands of his servants. Church, I want to tell you, don't just take glory in the skills and the talents that God has given you. What are you doing with the talents, the skills, the abilities that God has equipped you with? When was the last time you made an attempt to invest what God has given you into the lives of others? Because that's what a passionate lifestyle looks like. You cannot stay quiet. You cannot stay silent until you have invested your time, your resources, your effort into making sure that someone who is around you becomes better than you. That is David. He didn't hold on. He didn't glory in the tag of being, I am the guy who slayed Goliath. Come and worship me. Come. David says, I will teach you to be giant slayers. Come, David says, I will teach you to be the best musicians that can worship God in truth and in spirit. That's the guy that we are talking about this evening. But what I love is, we have the privilege of raising a God-centered community. David is not here. Jesus is physically not here. But you and me have the privilege of raising a God-centered community. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, you have the privilege. You have the privilege. See, because our passion for God is translated into a love for our community. And starting about what I told you about why we have been going on with this name called Zealous. I just want to break it down to you. And this is where it all started for me. If you go to the book of Titus, chapter 2. And this is the encouragement that Titus is receiving. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Can everybody say all men? Amen. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly. Read it along with me. Soberly. soberly. Yeah, go ahead. Righteously and godly in when? In the, in the present age. Looking for the blessed hope. And glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed 
and purify for himself his own special people. Shout it out with me, church. Zealous for good works. That's your identity. That's our identity. We are called to be a God-centered community that is zealous for good works. The salvation message, the grace that we have received is not just a gift, but grace comes with a responsibility. And that responsibility is you taking the message of the gospel to the ones who are the furthest away from the love, the hope, and the peace that is there in Jesus. That's our responsibility. So, a passionate love or a passionate response to the grace and love of Christ is the one where God is the priority in your life. So I want to close this message with two simple, questions, two simple statements that I want to leave before you. And before we put that up, I want to tell you that each of us has a choice today. If you have never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, and if you have never made that commitment in your life, Maybe this can be the start of you. But some of you who have made the decision of accepting Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, I still want to go ahead and ask you this simple question because this question actually applies to all of us. And it's, it can be a question or it can be a statement. You can either live your lives making the statement saying that I am zealous for God for his people and the people around me? Or maybe you're still asking yourself a question, am I really zealous? The choice is, the choice is yours. I want you to really think about this. What do you choose today? Because that's how God has appointed every single one of us. Zealous for good works. God was so passionate that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for your insecurities, for the fear of your failures, for every single mess up that you have ever done in your past, in your present, or you could ever do in your future. Jesus has paid it all for you. That's how passionate Jesus is for your life. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Instagram at Zealous Pune or visit our website at zealous.community.